It's the Locked on Canes podcast where it's all about the you. My name is Fred Perdue. I'm one of your hosts. I'm here with my boy Cam Underwood. What's going on, Cam? Yo. So today, I didn't think I'd actually have to do this. But this past weekend made me... Nah, I'm not going to do it. I won't bleep it out. I have no bleeps today. Uh, but I'm very upset about this past weekend, and I think you are too. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. It is the ugly aftermath, the FIU edition. Before we get into things, let's go ahead and get the house cleaning out of the way. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCanes. You can follow Cam on Twitter at Underwood Sports. You can find myself on Twitter at CFB. I see everyone out here just tweeting at us as we're doing this right now. Make sure you keep up that, keep that going, guys. Um, but we're, it's the ugly aftermath, FIU edition. I will let you kind of guide this one because you had a lot to say during the game and after the game. I mean, like, what do you, what do you want to, what do you want to say? You know, it's atrocious. It's, it's deplorable. It's absolutely unacceptable. It's 100% fireable. It is. I mean, like, there, there is nothing good. And, you know, like, I write the good, the bad, and the ugly for State of the Year every single week, every single game. And I stopped writing, honestly, because I saw that first interception on that first drive, and I said, wait a second. And then usually, you know, I will pull plays, and I'll get tweets, and I'll put videos in there, and I'll go through all the stats, and it'll be comprehensive. I'm not wasting my time with that. Why? For who? For what? For that effort? For that performance? Nah. The only good that I put – with Shaq Quarterman tying a Miami record for starting his 50th consecutive game. I put one bad, which could have been ugly. Uh, I forget what that even was. And then everything else was ugly. But then in, I didn't even put everything because the list is exhaustive. Like, let, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say because you said no, you said no bleeps. I'm going to give you so, – I'll give you one uh, No, 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 no. no. I, I, will, I will abide by that. Okay. But I'm trying to get my words together, and I'm trying to figure out what to say. And I am so very angry. And we, as the fans, bloggers, journalists, outside people, cannot continue to be the only people who care and give a damn about this program. Because an effort like that proves that the players and the coaches on this team working for this university right now absolutely do not care. It is unacceptable. At any time ever, Miami had never lost to FIU. Miami should never lose to FIU. FIU had never in the history of their football team and, the, and that university had never, ever, ever, ever beaten a Power 5 school. Period. Until Saturday against the University of Miami. That is so unacceptable. You cannot have that. And for every game this year after a bye, you lost. That's North Carolina, that's Virginia Tech, that is FIU. And you throw in a special to losing to Georgia Tech, who's now a two, maybe three win team. Three wins, excuse me. And after they beat Miami, Georgia Tech that is, they didn't win again for another month until this last weekend. I, it is unacceptable and I refuse. I refuse to put up with this. I refuse to sit here and stand idly by and just say, oh, this is okay. It's not okay. 
this game really tested. I mean, I've been entrenched in this culture for 25 of my 30 years. You know, my first college football game was a Miami game, right? So the whole family's involved. I mean, that's when you know it's it's deeper. I mean, I've had I've actually had a cousin that actually played quarterback at the University of Miami. We'll get into that later one day uh, when things actually, you know, get a little deeper and we have happier times. But, you know, for the first time in a long time, probably since the Al Golden days, have I questioned my fandom? I'm going to go all the way in and and keep it completely 100 with you guys. For the first time ever, I I thought, I actually made a comment to an anonymous, I won't say who, but I made a, a comment to an anonymous alumni of another school asking, jokingly, were they taking applications? Because this is beyond me. I mean... I, I just can't fathom this happening, and it's it's just so bad. It was so from the the only mistake that I can honestly excuse, and it wasn't it's it's a half hearted excuse. Jaron's first pick wasn't on him. The receiver quit on the route. Nah, no, no, wait, 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 wait. No, that is on him because that was emblematic of FIU's game plan. They knew he was going to try to throw these RPO slants all day long, which we've talked about on this show mm-hmm. as being the bread and butter for Jaron Williams. Mm-hmm. So what did they do? They, they brought that cornerback and said, stand right here. Yep. Because that receiver's going to run right here. He's going to run. in the, the, They already know. So, I mean, it is on him because you cannot just predetermine. This is true. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it was, okay, D. Wiggins literally, I mean, it's not a brick wall, but he ran into a defender and stopped like, wait, wait, uh, 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 you know, there's a guy here. It's like the first time when you play basketball and, like, you know, you get into, like, some AAU tournament and there's another team that's, like, physical with you, mm-hmm. you know, when you're young and you're like, wait, whoa, we're supposed to just, like, run our sets and, like, move around. People are, like, pushing me and everything? Huh? That's why he – and you can see the look on his face. He was like, what's going on? There's a guy here. But then Jaron predetermined, pulled it, boom, and threw it right to the DB, the DB who's standing there. No, 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 no. That's on him. It might not have been as – it might not have been – actually, I think that was as egregious as any of the other picks. Like, I, and I get what you're saying because at first glance, it was – because it happened. stopped on his route. Because it's, it, he, the play happens so fast, I think. Right, but then when you go back and you look at it, yeah, he stopped on his route. Yeah. But, like, you he can't He didn't have stop. to throw it either. He didn't have to throw it. He didn't have to throw it. And you got to keep going. You got to get that flag. You got to keep, hey, wait, yo, 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 hey, 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 ref, he hit me off of my route. That's interference. That's something. But you can't go and stop. So does D. Wiggins have some culpability on that? Yes. But it wasn't not Jaron's fault either. Um, also in this game, and, and we'll kind of get into the meat of this game. We'll kind of peel back the layers, even though I don't really want to relive this one as much as you don't. And we'll be talking a little bit of what these coaches had a little bit uh, of things to say as well. And I have a beef with um, one said many Diaz because we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but, you know, the the penalties – or lack of penalties. Um, 
the f- the one FIU for holding. Yeah, that. Um, the the flopping was just. I I I used to think you know I already have a beef with Butch Davis. Now I really have a beef with Butch Davis, and it's like I get it. It's gamesmanship. But at the same time, and there's no rule against it, and it's a, just a it's a horse well, crap rule. Yeah, but I know Fred. There's a uh, and this is you know the the the, the broadcast said mm-hmm. there's a a strongly worded aversion to things like that. You know, faking injuries and everything. A strongly worded aversion with no penalty means nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can write the prose on a page of the rule book saying, "Hey guys, it's probably in bad taste to fake injuries," and da da da, which they unequivocally did. And I and like Butch Davis can come fight me about that. I don't give a crap. Woo woo woo! Save that one. I don't care if he's like, "Oh well, guys are on uh, the injury report with hamstring injuries." That is a BS injury that you use as a soft tissue thing when you, like, don't want to run the 110s in practice. Say, oh, oh, coach, my hamstring, it hurts. Oh, well, I mean, I got full extension on my leg, but nah, it's a little sore. That's a thing like that. And you saw it unequivocally, and they showed it on the broadcast. Just, those res- those I don't want to cut you off. I don't want to cut you off. Those players looked to the sideline and were coached to go down. I don't want to cut you off because I, 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 you have all great points. Did you notice – Every single player that grabbed a hamstring grabbed the same hamstring. Yep. Oh, it's, it's the right hamstring. Okay, so everybody went down and did that at the coaching of the sideline, which they showed, then hopped up like, okay, everything's smooth. Doop, 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 doop. Okay, then get that. And look, I'm not saying that this is the reason that Miami lost. It is not. Far from We it. did enough bad. Far from it. It was still a thing that happened. Then you come on the microphone after, and you're ass point blank about it. And I applaud Butch Davis, a-hole that he is, for sticking to the lie in the postgame. But to equate those fake injuries, which he coached his players to do, to saying, oh, we didn't say anything when the Miami running back, DJ Dallas, broke his arm. and sna- I mean, he had a dislocated elbow, and we didn't say anything about that. To equate those fake injuries to what actually happened during a play to DJ Dallas is BS. And that right there, I had, I had honestly, I had problems with Butch Davis. That's fine. Like, I mean, not as much as you, but I'm, with, I'm, I'm on your level of it now. But to sit there and equate those things that are not equitable at all because you coached those guys to, to flop, you coached them because you wanted extra time. FIU got, what, 12 timeouts in the game? It was, a, it was a basketball game's worth of timeouts because of all those fake injuries to stop Miami when Miami's moving. You saw Jaron Williams in the whole offense like, come on, man. They going down again. They're faking. They're over there on the sideline telling their players to go down, and you put that at the same of a guy popping his elbow out, and we all saw his arm dislocated and dismembered, or not dismembered, but disfigured before they popped it back in on the screen. Get out of here, Butch Davis. Their emotions are running high for this game, and quite honestly, just to just not to throw you know salt on the wound, uh, your own Gabby Rudio actually posted on Twitter um, that they were having a pep rally after on today, in which Bush, oh they had a huge pep rally. Yeah, there. they this is the biggest win in FIU history. Yeah, absolutely. and that's just before we kind of go talking about. 
what the impact and everything from this game as far as coaching, what do they say, what the coaches had to say before we kind of go there. That in itself says there's a lot wrong. Um, firing the AD does nothing about this. Firing Manny Diaz does nothing about this. Firing Dan Enos might have something to do with it. It might. Um, firing Blake Baker might have something to help with this. But at the end of the day, um, you know, other players, player, coaches coach and players play. And we'll kind of talk about that uh, on the other side. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. All right, so we had, after we've kind of had, we're both off of our soapboxes because we could go forever and a day. Nah, I'm on mine. <laughs> oh, you're still on your, okay. I'm okay with you being on oh, yours. Yeah, somebody no, got to be on one. Someone, somebody has to be on one. Uh, but, because, I mean, and I, and I know that you're going to, you know, transition to our next topic, but I mean, to come off of the soapbox or whatever, that is tacit acceptance of this. No, I'm going to continue to be angry. And this is why some people out there do not like me. Some people who I could name, but I'm choosing not to. And people with names who you probably know. No, I'm going to stick on the point of conversation here. This is not going away. My feelings are not going to change. Why? Because we're not going to go back and win that game. We're not going to go back and play the way that it should have been played. So I'm not going to sit here and just move on and say, okay, well, I'm off the soapbox. Like I said what I had to say. No, this emotion is going to continue for me. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, as far as this team is concerned, there were a lot of things said in today's Monday uh, press conference, uh, coaches press conference with Manny Diaz, Blake Baker, and Dan Enos. We'll kind of have we'll kind of start with with the head of the snake here, uh, and we'll go with Manny Diaz to start with. Uh, what I took away from this thing, every time I hear him speak, and I hate saying it, but even at post game, I said, "Man, I hear Al Golden's voice." Every single time I hear it's on me, we must do better. It's on me, we must do better. That was his favorite line and it's in his way of getting out. Oh, we're young. I don't want to hear that anymore. I, I don't. I don't want to hear after what I've seen. I've seen the potential. I've seen a 10-win season. I've seen a 9-win season turn into a 10-win season. And then and, and for about two years, you said – Hmm, things are going back to where they used to be. And you get a little excited, and then it just falls apart. And he, I, Manny Diaz said a lot of that in his press conference, that this team gets complacent. Well, I've heard, I've heard this same song and dance for the last 20 years almost. And I just, I'm tired of hearing, we'll do different. We'll recruit better. It's the culture. At the end of the day, either you execute or you don't. You either play up to play, treat every opponent. I hear we're going to treat the opponent the same way, whether it's Alabama, whether it's Louisville, whether it's FIU. They all are the same, but yet you play down to teams like Louis, like uh, FIU. You play down to teams like Central Michigan who have no business even competing, they should be gone. The game should be over in the first half. I'm being nice by not saying the first quarter. Not to mention, I have players, backup players, who don't really get a lot of run or at run at all 
dancing on the sidelines and you're okay with it when you're losing. He's been dancing the whole year. Uh, I said something the first time. I I said something the first time. So the first time I said, this doesn't happen at Alabama. It doesn't happen at Clemson. It doesn't happen at Ohio State. It doesn't happen at USC. We're not those teams. We are not those. USC is an 8-4 team. Okay. Let let me me preface. But it's not like a pinkney, though. You know, it's not like a starting level player. You've already come out and said, this kid is in a uniform. He's here to learn on the field and everything and be in the meetings, but he's not playing. Like, I I don't have a problem with that because there are so many other things, so many other places to put my ire with guys who are playing and not doing the job Mm -hmm. than a guy who you've already said, he's not playing this year at all. You know what I mean? Like, he's like if we're talking about Jalar Holly dancing on the sideline, that's the least like of my worries, but it that, also But I'm saying, but it's still, a, like, coaching. why are we, why, like, what are we talking about? We lost FIU? Like, what are we talking about? Manny that's, be- that, like, that, that's what I, I don't know. That's what I don't get. Like, all the other places and all the other people, players and coaches that we could be talking about for failing in this kind of a way repeatedly. Yes. And we want to talk about Jalar Halley dancing? Like, nah, I got, I got time for other stuff. That is very low on my totem pole. But when I think culture, I get it. The turnover chain, and and, we're, and this kind of all falls in in place with what Manny Diaz had to say. But it, it's one of those things where cult, a culture change has to happen. I understand this is Miami. It's you're going to get the turnover chain. You're going to get the dancing. You're going to get all that. But it only works when you're winning. Now addressing Manny, the biggest issue, and I have a huge issue, and I am part of the issue because I kind of fell into that trap a little bit, and you did too. I have to call you too, call you out too. So Manny Diaz said this, he, he has not done a good enough job of keeping the focus of his team to the point where they're not looking down on opponents at regardless of their level. On Friday, we said, and throughout the week, we said, FIU, no problem. We're going to kill them. It doesn't matter. We're going to drop 60 on them. We're gonna, Jaren's going to throw for seven touchdowns. We said everything that should have happened based off of two weeks, two and a half. it should have happened. And it should have happened. But the one thing that we did was what every single time Miami does. They win a couple games. They go on a nice little streak maybe against teams that are inferior to them. And then it's, oh, well, we're back to being 2001 Miami, and we're really not. We're not even close. No, 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 no. That's overstating the point. Nobody's calling this 2001 Miami. But a Miami team that improved from losing to Georgia Tech, beating the teams that they beat in the, you know, subsequent weeks to that, that team, again, if this same team that showed up against Louisville showed up on Saturday. Oh, that team would have blew them out. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I was coming from. There wasn't nobody saying this is 2001. But if there's consistent performance, which we saw for three weeks, mm-hmm. then that would have been better. And this game would have not been lost. So, like, I accept some of that of, like, buying the wolf tickets or whatever that they're calling. But also, like, wasn't nobody saying this is going to be a championship level team. I mean, like, I think that's that, – I think this we got we got happy. I think we got happy seeing Why would you not? the improvement and we said, Oh, FIU's not a real team. And they're and, not. And in reality, they're probably not. But it had all the fixings of a trap game for a team that's not ready to literally overcome something like that. See, but the thing about that is 
you and I can say whatever we want to on this. Oh, yes, we can. (laughs) That's not on me. And that's not on you. Okay, that's on them. And over the course of time, in those last three games against Pitt, who was that after Pitt? Pitt and somebody else. And uh, oh, Florida State. Pitt, Florida State. We forget about Florida State and and Louisville. Right. Yeah, because Florida State, they're trash. But, you know. That was who Miami proved themselves to be with those games. I'm willing to believe you on who you are, on what you, what you do. And like I said, we can say whatever we want to. The expectation then from you and I was that they're going to do the work. Mm-hmm. They did not hold up their end of the bargain for the fifth time this year. But that's not incumbent upon me to motivate them. It's not incumbent upon you for seeing what they did and say, hey, this is a team that just scored 50 points against Louisville. I think that with a similar performance or, you know, a reasonable facsimile thereof, you could have a similar kind of score line against FIU. And I even allowed for the fact of FIU maybe even scoring some points because, you know, hey, coming off of a bye, whatever. You know, but like, yeah, did I, did I think that Miami was better than what we saw on Saturday? Yes, sir, absolutely I did. And they went out of their way again for the fifth time this year third time after a bye and the umpteenth time since 2003 to go out of their way to prove you and I and everybody else wrong that's them that's not me like I I have no culpability in the fact that the Miami Hurricanes decide that they don't want to play not even championship caliber football even can we say I was gonna say league average can we get league average I'll take I'll take nine I'd take 10 wins every year I'm okay with because it's college football and quite honestly a 10 win team is by by today's standards is pretty pretty darn good um but what I won't accept and kind of going with you is the lack of effort the lack of it's like you know what when I saw was it Torrey Smith the former Ravens receiver, he yeah. said on Twitter, "So guys just want to come to college to wear the jersey and stand on the sidelines and say they play for a team." Versus a verified Twitter account, yeah. He that and, and it it just resonated to me. It's like how many guys just come to come to Miami or whatever school, whatever university, just to be? Oh, I I play here. Oh, a, a attractive woman that sees me. Oh, I play at the University of Miami. Come talk to me. Mm. But you're just a guy. Why would you not want to be the man in college football? I mean, when I thought what I saw in that game told me everything I needed to know about the culture of this team. And quite honestly, what whatever is being done during bye weeks needs to be completely overhauled. Just putting it out there, whether it's you need to keep the same. And I get it. Some guys need to get rest. I get it. It's a long season. You've had three bye weeks. You've had a long, long season. You started in week zero. I get it. But at the end of the day, you still have a job to do. And your job, and we can call them student athletes as much as you want to, but you have a job to do. Your job is to come play football on Saturdays, and I need that. Or things will need to change because I'm very – and I'll end with this um, – Manny Diaz said that maybe benching guys, going with younger players, giving punishment like they're kids in practice, none of that. I mean, at the end of the day, taking playing time matters. But 
making them up, down, and run at practice, do you really think that's going to make that's going to endear them to play better? That's just going to make them hate you a little bit more and say, I'll transfer because I can't do what I want. This is a whole different culture of kid. So good luck with that. But it's being the keeping the same intensity. I know what an Alabama practice looks like, and I know that an Alabama practice looks very much like an NFL practice, seen one. And quite honestly, they are – a Miami practice probably does not look like a NFL practice. It doesn't have that same intensity, and I get it. It's not Miami is not Alabama. It's not Clemson. It's not Ohio State. But the what I hear from Manny Diaz is, are you the parent that is willing to just slap your kid on the wrist? And I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not going into that whole thing. It's a figure of you. You, you know what I'm yeah. going with this. We're not talking about abusing children. No, we're not doing – but are you just going to slap them on the wrist and let them walk, or are you going to hold them accountable? Hey, if you, Jaron, if you're not going to play up to the standard, go sit on the bench. We'll find somebody else to play for us. Or D. Wiggins, if you're not going to run your route properly, or hey, we'll find somebody else to do it. That's what happens at other schools. It needs to happen at Miami. Look, and the thing that I was going to say, uh, but, you know, you're still on a roll there. The scary thing about this, and Manny Diaz has said this, is that he already went to the drawing board and switched up the bye week schedule twice this year. So Very telling. Not, exactly. So he's not doing the same bye week thing that he did before North Carolina or that he did before Virginia Tech. Oh, no, 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 my friend. We've already gone back, and each of these bye weeks, he has changed the schedule, changed the timeline, changed the level of engagement and interaction in the goal of making it different. This reminds me, and everybody knows, that I used to be a teacher. My first year as a teacher at Deerfield Beach High School, I graduated December 16, 2004, and I started January 10, 2005. So 24 days out of graduation, 25, excuse me, I went from a college student to a full-time choir director running my own program from the ground up that had not had choir in five years. I tried to teach a certain way because that's how I knew in my first job ever without having had this job. And some things didn't work. And I said, well, that's all I have. Because when you have done something for a while, you have a bag of tricks and in that bag of tricks, you got this, you can do things all kinds of different ways. I was so green on the job that I didn't even have a bag to put the tricks in, let alone the tricks to use. Manny Diaz is proving himself to be in that same situation where he doesn't have a repository of new techniques, let alone a storage compartment for these things. So yeah, okay, well, I uh, uh, tried something different the first bye week or second bye week. Uh, that didn't work. Doop, doop, doop. Tried something different again. To the, getting again to your point of things need to be different. Things have been different by Manny Diaz's own words. And the performance, honestly, honestly, if we're, you know, keeping it in a hundred, the performance has gotten worse from the first bye week against, uh, before North Carolina, the second bye week before Virginia Tech, and the third bye week before uh, FIU. You change things up, trying new things, and each time afterwards, the performance gets worse and worse. What? Come on, fam. We have a few. There's a few good things out of this. There's all. It's, what? Who? There, there's some good things you can take out of where, this. Where? Where? Are you? 
Did did you go to Mars real quick? No, you on no, a different no, planet? no, no, no. Are you no, sure? No, no. There were there were some. They have nothing to do with this game. Uh, oh, okay. There oh, there okay. are some oh, solutions right, that right. we can take, and we'll kind of talk about those in a second. All right. So first off, before as far as solutions and good things left to 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 kind of put a bow on this one. First off, um, solution. They're firing the staff is not a solution. We can't go just atomic bomb here and just end it all. We can't. We can't. Can I say, yes, I agree that a wholesale overchange or changeover is not a solution. But I wrote it, and I said it, (laughs) and I stand by it. What we saw on Saturday was a fireable offense, and somebody got to wear that. Something has to change. Somebody or somebody's from this staff have to go. Not Manny Diaz, because you're not firing a head coach and hiring a new one. But you cannot bring back all 11 of these coaches after what we saw. I'm sorry. That was a fireable offense. I need Danny Nose gone. I'm just going to go on these airwaves and say it. I need need Danny Nose gone. What, you don't like being 130th out of 130 FBS teams in third down uh, conversion rate? You don't like that? I don't. I don't. I really don't. and, 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 And for comparison's sake for our listeners... Remember those times that we complained about the third down uh, conversions under Al Golden Mm -hmm. and under uh, Mark Richt? Oh, yeah. Miami was in the 50s and 60s nationally in third down conversions. Yeah, so you're at least half, you're at least average. You're league average then. Miami's dead last. I'm actually going to hold on while I'm still talking. I'm going on CFBStats.com. It's a wonderful website. I'm clicking around third down percentage, and I want to actually quote you the actual number right now. At um, 35 conversions for 129 third down attempts, that's 27.13% conversions. The teams above us are Akron, who I believe has one win on the year. Uh, Nope, I'm sorry. They're 0-11. And they, the Akron Zips, convert more third downs than the Miami Hurricanes. (sighs) That... That's that's great. That's perspective for you. Um, I I just can't. There, I have no words. I think that was the last thing I said before I just put my phone down Saturday night. Is I had no words. Um, Blake Baker, you have to go. Manny Diaz, I hate giving head. I I prefer my head coach be the CEO of my team and delegate everything and have his fingerprints all over whatever side of the ball that he specializes in. But you need to take the defensive reins back full-time, full-time. That is my solution for the upcoming season. Blake Baker needs to go ASAP. So, all right, so so let me just ask you, I know that you're going to keep going. If you do that, does Manning Diaz coach linebackers also and then you bring in another assistant on offense? Or do you have a linebacker, inside linebackers coach as, you know, your 10th assistant, but Manny Diaz still has the sticks for D? Mm, that's a good one. That's a real question. I'll let you think about it. L- let me get back to that one. Let me get back to you All on right. that one. Um, actually, I'll answer that now. Actually, I'll answer that now. Um, right. I think I'll go with option two. Only because I need the focus of my head coach where he got his bread, his bread and his bread was buttered on the defensive side, getting every little drop of 
everything out of this team, um, coaching not only linebackers but calling plays on defense. It needs to happen. There was a certain type of intensity. There was a certain style of play calling that came with a Manny Diaz defense where he was the one at the controls. I need my head coach back at the controls. Some guys are just built to – it's almost like a Will Muschamp situation, and I don't really – I don't like going into other coaches – uh, situations, but you cover the defense. That's what you love. That's what you do. That's your baby. Go find somebody to run my offense. I need it now. Yeah, but just think of the comparison you just made. Exactly. <sighs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I know that I interrupted you. I'm sorry, continue. So, so you said Danny Enos needs to go. You said Blake Baker needs to yes. go. And and last but not least, and I get it, I, and you're probably going to kill me for this one before we get out of here. Oh, um, but you're going to kill me for this one. But I have a feeling I know what he's going to say. Gonna, we need to retire the turnover chain at least for right now. We can come out of retirement, but for now I need it. I need all of that kind of stuff put away. I get it. It's the culture, and it made this team look great for about three and a half years. But – I need that put away. Oh, no. No, 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 no. You're not hurting my feelings because we've written this at State of the U multiple times. I wrote it once. A former contributor wrote it also. Um, I mean, and there's some people on State of the U, you know, the website that I run. There's some people who have said the opposite and said it needs to continue and we need to get, you know, new and different things. But, no, I've been of the clear mindset that the turnover chain, it did its thing. It was iconic. You know, for that it time. It did what it was supposed to do. It made Miami exactly. relevant again for a while. Exactly. And it's supposed to, it was never supposed to be a foundational building block for this program. It was supposed to be a special guest star, you know, a piece of flair, a thing that just pops up for a little bit, re-energizes, and then you move forward from that. Meaning that you get the limited time usage from that, and then you move onwards, upwards, and forwards. I said that a couple few years ago. So I'm with you. I believe the turnover chain should have been gone. For you, uh, real quick, before we kind of yeah. get, we kind of put a bow on this thing. What are your, give me two or three solutions you have to fix this dumpster fire we have. Um, I, I've been saying it for a long time. Uh, my boy Scoop has been saying it. Roman has been saying it. You know, shout out to the Orange Bowl Boys podcast, uh, you know, because they're my personal friends as well as great podcasters as well. Miami needs to run a spread offense. I'm sorry. I mean, and you just, yeah. And if Dan Enos can scheme that up to happen, great. If not, you know, I know he's a fellow Michigander from Dearborn, but uh, I wish you well in your future endeavors because we're going to bring in somebody who can run spread uh, and is going to run spread as offensive coordinator. Um, it, it, It just makes too much sense. Honestly, for the talent that's here, the talent that is on the mm-hmm. roster, and the way that football is being played. So that's number one. And number two, I don't know if it is – if he's going to find them on sale on Black Friday this week. I don't know if, uh, you know, if he's a penitent man such as Mark Rick, he's going to go to church and pray about it. But Manny Diaz needs to get a clue. And, and maybe, you know, some suggestions, some te- techniques and methods – uh, for you know, coaching and developing talent and running a team to be successful and at least moderately consistent. Uh, and I, again, I don't know where he's going to get that from. And you know, the only other person on the staff who has been a head coach at the college level is Todd Stroud. And you know, maybe you got to bring in another couple guys who were head coaches elsewhere 
Maybe you got to go, and I know that we don't have the coffers of money like Alabama. Maybe you got to find some of these fired coaches and bring them in on as analysts for a year or two. But extra help is needed, and I applaud Manny for going in and thinking, you know, he's the guy to fix the, the program, to right the ship and get things going in the right direction because of his ideas and methods and techniques. That's been proven to be false. He needs extra help, outside input, uh, personal and professional development. So whether that is peer-to-peer -peer mentoring, whether that is another person, whether that's you know other kinds of things, I don't know. Read a book, watch a movie, who knows? But yeah, I, I need to spread offense and I need it yesterday. And I need Manny Diaz to, to just, I mean, have his game stepped up as a head coach because currently right now, this ain't it. And unless you do something different, you're not going to be different. So, I, like I said, I don't know where he's going to get it from, but he needs to get it and figure it out. Definitely needs to figure it out. Uh, I know we kind of went a little long on this one, but this one was deserved. Uh, I do want to give a big shout-out real quick to former Miami Hurricane and uh, current pro cane, even if you are on the wrong side of the division, uh, the bills suck. I'm just going to call it that way. Um, anyways, uh, Frank Gore passed legendary uh, running back Barry Sanders, a guy that you hold in high esteem on the, the goat. Yes. Yes. The goat, uh, is he's now the number three on the all time rushing, uh, list 15,289 yards and counting. Might he catch one Walter Payton? Only time will tell. Uh, but until, but make sure you guys go follow us on Twitter uh, at Locked On Canes. Give us your thoughts. Oh, I'm sorry. Before I, I before I get there, Brevin Jordan is officially is is on that John Mackey Award list. Uh, he's the fi he's a finalist. Um, no one else matters. It matters. He's the best tight end in America. I will continue and, to say that. So, and I will say that my co-host Fred has been. Uh, on the other on the other side of the podcast, talking about Albert Aguabonum from uh, and I messed up his last name. I apologize from Missouri mm -hmm. as probably the guy who is the best tight end in America. Maybe um, that guy is not a finalist for the award. Yeah, he's not. He's not. I'm just gonna put it out there. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Brevin, Brevin Jordan, best tight end in America, could be Thanks. probably the number one tight end coming out next this year if he wanted to um but we'll find out we'll find out next year when once he comes back healthy please bench him don't put him on the field for whatever we do against duke and whatever bowl game let him sit let him get healthy anyways make sure you go follow the show on twitter at locked on canes follow myself on twitter at fred produce cfb and follow cam on twitter at underwood sports we'll be talking a little bit more uh, about this this team and the debacle that this team is is right now it is duke week so i know it as i as one head coach i love very much says it's on to duke but i think we'll hold off on that until maybe wednesday i think this we may have a part two of this because there are some things i gotta get off my chest that we don't have time for in one show so yes, let's go. Yeah, I know. See, see, I you're we're on the right page. So make sure you follow the show. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us your feedback. Go rate us on on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find the show Locked On Canes. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Until tomorrow, folks, we'll talk a little bit more about this whole FIU thing and how Miami needs to improve and the the effects of recruiting because of this loss. This is the Locked On Canes podcast. My name is Fred. This that is Cam. We are out and go Canes.